Come back home with Anne and Mary Claire Sweet as they explore the lifestyles of yogis, uncover exciting yoga trends, and hang out with teachers who are keeping it real. They do it because it feels right. Okay, guys. Hey, welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, where we explore all aspects of a modern-day yogi's lifestyle. And to join our podcast family, just go to iTunes. Yes, we are on iTunes. Woo-woo. Find us on iTunes High Vibe Podcast. We're also on SoundCloud if you don't have iTunes, so you can always find us there too. And please, if you listen to us, rate our show. Rate, rate, rate our show. And if you do, reach out to me, and Sweet, at lotushouseofyoga.com, and I'm going to send you one of our new coaching sessions. So super cool. I am so excited today. Mary Claire Sweet yes. is in the house. Hey. Hey, girl. Your My daughter, your love, number one fan. Love flower child. Life partner. Yes. Here we go. It's been a while since we've been together on our podcast. It's been a few weeks, which yeah. feels like a few years yes. in our world. And we're both just so busy, but the pinnacle moment is here. We have arrived. We have arrived and we have manifested this. I think we manifested this last year when we're like, do you think she would come? Would ever come. If she comes, do you think, you know, she'd do a training? And if she does a training, would she do a podcast And then it was like so, so beautiful and elegant and graceful and simple too. Well, like all manifestations are. Yeah. So um, I'm going to let you introduce our very special guest today. Well, thank you so much. Everyone, put your fingertips together and snap for Kamini Desai. Welcome, Kamini. We love you so much. She is an incredible teacher, and her voice is in my mind and in my heart and in my gut, really, all the time now because I do, um, I, she is my teacher, and I hear her voice in Yoga Nidra, but also it, carries me through moments when I feel a little uncertain or I feel ungrounded and afraid. I hear her voice come through. And that is, I think, such a powerful and true sign of a teacher. And for her to share that gift with all of our students this weekend and you right now is an incredible opportunity. So Kamini, welcome and thank you. Thank you so much. So nice to be with the goddesses. Oh, <laughs> yes. The G word, not the G spot, the G word. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're so right. Maybe it is the goddess spot. It could be. That's maybe, it was named, the G spot was named for the nurse who discovered it. Oh, I didn't, I mm-hmm. really have never even questioned why or it was mm-hmm. but I think we should reclaim ownership of it and Let's call do it the it today. Spot. okay the trifecta woman team has oh just done that awesome yes okay so little information just for our you know our crew that everyone knows who you are I mean I'm so excited you're here I kind of told you earlier about my yoga nidra journey I had a little brief um, educational opportunity with a teacher in Phoenix, uh, Steve Price. Shout out. Thank you, Steve. And uh, then went to uh, your father was in town. And so I went to one of his um, sessions, which was amazing. So if any of you don't know uh, Kamini's heritage, first of all, read her book, Life Lessons, Love Lessons, which is a story of her life. And it's so interesting because it really highlights um, a really unique perspective on growing up in a yoga family, growing up as the daughter of a real life yoga guru and growing up in a culture where women weren't traditionally let the opportunity to live their life to the fullest until now because of you. So, I'm just so excited you're here, and um, I have a funny question. Do it. Okay, do you ever identify with one of the goddesses or a particular face or aspect of the goddesses? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say one of my favorites is Saraswati. I was going to say that. The goddess of wisdom. I mean, come on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you totally, to me, embody Saraswati. Oh, that's nice. And I thought of it when we pulled up and I first saw you earlier today. How nice. I like that. Which is so interesting because I currently am just, as we talked about before, working on our new Shakti Yoga tribe manual that we're going to start exploring. The Shakti Vibe Yoga 
practice. Yes. And it's all full of the goddesses. Yeah. The three goddesses that are. So, I mean, this just kind of odd. Yeah. Which one do you identify with me? Um, Kali. Yeah. (laughs) Always. First and foremost from day. Yeah. Phenomenal. I, um, Chinamasta too. She, Mm -hmm. um, is, I think of you a lot with her because you are so giving of yourself in a very ferocious way that, and when you see the iconography of Chinamasta, like there's blood spurting out of her neck, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's feeding, um, glory and victory maybe. Mm -hmm. And it seems very harsh when you look at it, but really when you understand the iconography of it. So I love that for you. Mm. So You give of yourself. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We come from a long line of very strong women in our family. So Mary Claire's grandmothers and great-grandmothers were pioneers and, you know, also women who always strive to go beyond what they were society expected. Yeah. So one of my grandmothers was the very first mayor of the state of Nebraska. Wow. Very, very unusual. I know. Mm -hmm. And then my other grandmother had the very first women owned business. Um, It was, she was a beautician, but still she ran her own business. She made her own life and she was very successful. So tell us a little bit about your dear mom. Oh Yeah. My mom was also a very powerful woman. Um, It was interesting because you were just saying that. I thought, it doesn't surprise me that you come from a lineage of powerful Mm -hmm. women. I can see it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with belief. You know, if you've seen it, if you've watched someone live in that particular way, it becomes more natural to you. Whereas if you've never seen it, it's hard to even imagine what that could look like or how it could be. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me with you. And that's kind of what I feel with my mom. You know, she uh, came from a very small town in India. Never actually, she went to school, but um, didn't really fully learn English. She taught herself. Mm. And if I look at, um, you know, who she was for her whole lifetime, completely devotional, completely mm-hmm. devoted to the teachings of yoga mm-hmm. and to the the teachings that she came from. And yet, unbelievably strong. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of faith that carries some people through mm-hmm. uh, that either you have it or you don't. And mm-hmm. you can tell yourself you have faith. That's one kind. But there's the other. there are the other people who actually live it, who mm-hmm. it's a part of them. Mm-hmm. And you look at them and you go, wow, how do they move through the, those difficult things in their yeah. life? It's because they've embodied some kind of connection to something bigger. Did she ever teach you like how she did get through some of those times? I mean, just like you and sitting down and saying this, you know, there are times in life that these things are going to happen and this is how you move through that. I wouldn't say we actually talked about it in that particular way. What I would say is I could see what she was doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and no matter what tradition we come from, we have those times that we are going into those silent spaces and, And there are times when there are going to be things that we can't figure out from Mm -hmm. our mind that our heart's never going to come to terms with, but we can still give it to something that's bigger than us. So true. And that's what I saw her doing. And my mom too. Like she wasn't a good like communicator in that way. Um, But during those times as, you know, observing it and seeing how they move through that is as powerful, I think, as the spoken word, you know? Exactly. And and, and and almost in a certain way more because you pick up the, mm-hmm. vi- the vibration, the frequency of who this person is, mm-hmm. and we imprint off of that. Mm-hmm. And it's really pre-verbal. I mean, if you look at kids with parents, they're not imprinting off of what they say. They're imprinting off of who they are. Mm. And uh, I think that's even more powerful. What about your great-grandmother or your grandmother's? My grandmothers came also from very small towns in India who were really hardworking, Mm -hmm. very dedicated, very one-pointed. I didn't know them very well because they passed away before I was, you know, I was around six, seven years old. So I didn't know them really well, but I know that kind of strength, Mm -hmm. uh, the strong woman. And it shows up in so many different ways, but that solidity in each person being who they are is what I saw. And Mm -hmm. MC brought up a really interesting fact 
about mothers and children and mm. You should talk about that because I love that story and I think about it all the time. Really? Yes, because it, you know why? It helps, you know, as you're, as someone my age moving through life, Mm -hmm. knowing that you are going to be a part of something even when you Mm -hmm. pass. And so. Yeah. So the grandmother, while pregnant with the daughter, the daughter, when in womb, holds her eggs. So my grandmother mm. had me inside of her body when my mom was in utero. And my mom had my daughter inside of her when I was in utero. And then your brain chooses which egg to release from the trillions that you have. And the first or third cell division shows the brain cell. And the brain cell actually looks like a heart in its first cellular expression. Well, the amniotic fluid starts to feed that cell. And so the amniotic fluid starts to feed and surround the brain cell, which turns into the brain. And as that amniotic fluid surrounds the brain, it then drains down into the spinal column to create the cerebral spinal fluid. So my mom's amniotic fluid is actually my cerebrospinal fluid. Wow. And my daughter's spinal fluid is actually my amniotic fluid. Oh my God, I just got chills on that. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. It's very comforting, you know, just from Mm -hmm. where I am in my life, thinking about my granddaughter and knowing that there are ways even beyond the scene that I will be a part of her life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And plus, I just think it also goes back to what we were just talking about, the power of your ancestry and how it imprints on your brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it imprints in your genes and your DNA, you know? Um, So I just think that's just so interesting. And Well, it is. And I think it speaks a lot to that knowing that our mothers have Mm -hmm. that you were saying earlier is very unspoken, yet is very clearly communicated through, you know, a vibration that is actually you know, quantum communication between something that was once inside of us and then now in our children or in our mothers and now in us. So great. Mm-hmm. I love it. You too. Goddesses. Um, I have a question. Yeah, what? When, when was the first time you remember practicing yoga nidra? I remember practicing actually really young. Really? And um, maybe I was like seven or eight years old. Okay. And it was called the Magic Circle. Oh. And we would all get together. It was with kids. It was an adult leading a bunch of us kids. And we would all lie together with our heads in the middle and our feet out. And it was a whole magic time. It was dark. We would have candles. It was mm. it was our magic circle time. Mm. And I remember that. It's funny because those were among the most magical moments, mm-hmm. you know, and the way that it was set up is we're going on a magical mystery journey inside into a place that nobody else can visit but you. Mm. Mm. Wait, inside to a place that nobody else can visit but you. Tweetable moment. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, carry on. Yeah, and it was just magic. It was a it was a beautiful moment, and it's interesting because, you know, I did it. I would do it on and off through my teenage years, but didn't really pick it up again until my early twenties when I needed it. That's another story. But um, it always stayed with me as one of those young impressions that made a lasting impression on me. So when you practice yoga ninja now, do you listen to your dad's voice? Do you just do the practice in, from your mind in your body? What's What do you do most often? You know, you can really do both. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just close my eyes because it really is you're opening a channel to a space of silence. And so mm-hmm. at will, once you've opened up, <clears throat> so you really can at will, once you've opened up that channel, mm-hmm. go there at will. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll just close my eyes and go to that space, but more often I will listen to a guided yoga nidra because the techniques themselves have particular benefits. They balance Mm. your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. They do, they're good for your brain. They do all kinds of things. And so I'm like, well, why not get the silence and the therapeutic benefits Mm -hmm. as well? Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes I'll listen to my dad. Sometimes I like to listen to my own voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like talking to yourself. Uh-huh. And I feel like sometimes that even gets in. Yeah. Better. Um, it, it really varies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that magic circle. Well, I just, you know, I'm just thinking about yoga nidra and all of the incredible benefits just in my own personal life that has just helped me so much. I told you earlier You know, I remember when I was practicing yoga and that feeling that you get in Shavasana where you were like, whoa, what's that feeling? I've never had that before in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's just that that space where you are just who you are. You know, you're just you. I am, you know. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. which is your whole purpose in life is helping people achieve um that getting to that channel, getting to that space through this guided meditation. And why do you think, how is I am and how is that essence of what you're speaking so vitally important in our world right now? Yes. Good question. It is a good question. And we also need it. Um, You know, so much of the time, you know, we have all within us a sense of pure I amness, not identified with anything, Mm -hmm. just a pure sense of beingness. But that I amness gets so easily identified with our worries, with our fears, with our to-do list, with all these things. And we lose our sense of self. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a mom. I am a teacher. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, what I achieve or don't achieve. And then it seems like I've got to do all this stuff in order to be okay. And Mm -hmm. we we move out into the world, but more and more we can lose ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I really see this practice as a way of coming back to just your pure I amness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't do, but from a knowing that, you know, you're okay, you're whole, you're complete, what you do will only add to you. It's not something that you have to do in order to feel okay. Mm. Mm. And when you are in that space, what is actually happening to your body? The amazing thing is when you're in this I am state, well, let me back up. So. Okay. When we're identified with all those to-dos and the worries and the fears, they actually uh, materialize into the body. They materialize into our nervous system and they affect our health. Mm -hmm. Um, And science has verified this. Yogis knew it for thousands of years that what you think you create in your body Mm -hmm. literally turns uh, the biochemistry of your body into whatever you're thinking or feeling. So when we come back to that I amness, that state of just pure beingness, that state of pure silence, that becomes what the nervous system attunes to. It can rebalance itself. Healing can happen. Uh, the whole body is able to re- return to a full restoration state, which let's face it, we all need that these days. Mm-hmm. How many does anybody ever say to you, oh, I just can't relax. I can't shut off my mind. They do. And then I say, that's why you need to try yoga nidra. (laughs) No, really, because I think that with seated meditation, that is the issue. You know, it's it's so difficult with the seated meditation. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, sit down Mm -hmm. and watch your thoughts or watch your breath. Mm -hmm. But what I love about the nidra, nidra means sleep. And essentially what we're doing is we're following the brainwaves down towards sleep where every night your thoughts are moving further away from you. Mm. So we're following a process that your body already knows how to do where you can enter into that twilight zone right before you fall asleep between you and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And uh, 99% of people, they get it in the first time. Yeah. Mm. I love that. It is true. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's like, I mean, you know, I used. It's my cure-all. Did you guys ever see my big fat Greek wedding? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you remember when the dad like runs around yes. and sprays Windex, <laughs> yeah. Windex on everything? People are like, I stubbed my toe. I'm like, just do some yoga nidra. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, made them some mistake at work. Just do some yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is the blanket mm-hmm. cure all for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I wish that more people would do it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we had Kamani come and... Mm-hmm. And teach and train a lot of the teachers to start teaching it more. Well, and I think that in the um, yoga channel, the yoga culture today, there is a very big emphasis on the physical practice, which I believe was so necessary, is so necessary. 
as a wonderful gateway for people to start to learn about the philosophy and do so from a very, um, you know, integrated, but full of integrity is what I really want to say way. However, a lot of the people who need the benefits of yoga the most can't practice physical asana. Mm -hmm. So have you seen a lot of people who can't practice asana take to yoga nidra? Absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about it because there are a lot of people who just self-select out of a yoga studio. I don't have the body yeah. or I can't do it or I'm mm -hmm. in a hospital bed or I'm too old. I can't touch my toes. But in Yoga Nidra, if you can lie down and not fall asleep, and even if you do, you'll get a lot of the benefits, you can do Yoga Nidra, mm -hmm. right? So suddenly it's opening up the value and the benefits of yoga to all kinds of people who would have thought they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And meditation. Exactly. And that I think that for me personally, I mean, I could never really get into meditation because I was, just, you know, I'm like a jumpy person. I'm like twitching and moving and <laughs> And to be able to just lie down flat, I can't do that. I just have to relax and just melt. So for me, that's why it was such a win, you know, because I could I could be comfortable in my body and then let my mind, you know, take over. How um, many, where did Yoga Nidra come from? Yoga Nidra is actually as old as yoga. Okay. They both originated right around the same time, mm -hmm. um, a couple thousand years before the birth of Christ. And of course, the teachings of yoga are much older than that. But I mean, the actual practices that we do today are about 2,500 years old. Um, so they all originated at the same time. And the idea was uh, back before, you know, yoga itself is about five to 6,000 years old. But before the, the birth of yoga or yoga nidra, as we practice it, the idea was more or less a monastic approach. So get away from the body, get away from sex, get away from money and householder life and go to source. Um, and then right around the birth of Hatha Yoga and Yoga Nidra, there was this whole change in thought, which was essentially, well, wait a minute, your body is the temple of God. Your body is source made visible. And couldn't you use that as a vehicle to go back to mm. your I am nature mm. rather than like something that. to get away from? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's talk about source. Okay. What do you, when you think of source in the word, what do you, what do you see? What do you think? How do you visualize that? Is that, is that a, what is that for you? For me, it's presence. It's, um, a backdrop of silence, that which is prior to our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. Um, it's all, it's unconditional receptivity. You could call it love, but some people are allergic to that because it sounds like emotional love. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's, it's a feeling of, um, it's like the air that's all around us, that the backdrop of everything, the silence behind the sound. And it has been described as a backdrop of love. Like people who have near-death experiences, they mm -hmm. talk about it. They say, literally, the thing that is surrounding us at all times is this unconditional receptivity. We are always surrounded by this love. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I, I, I sense it. I feel it. I think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when I'm doing yoga nidra, I do stop breathing. Mm -hmm. And it's a little frightening <laughs> once in a while. You know, you go... <gasps> And then you come right back down into it. But it's it's happened mm -hmm. to me a few times. That's actually a good sign. I know. That's what your dad said. <laughs> yes. So the idea is that um, when your mind is very active, your mind needs more breath because it's, it's fueled mm -hmm. by your breath. So when your mind becomes very silent, you hardly need any breath at all. To, Isn't that crazy? It's, in, it's amazing. And this is why when we're upset, we start to breathe either very quickly and very shallowly mm -hmm. or, you know, in that like kind of mm. furious manner, like the, you know, the steaming breath in mm -hmm. and out, you know, I'm thinking of the person who's almost snorting, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> but you can see how much prana we're trying to take in a lot of energy to try to feed that anxiety or that state of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then vice versa, when you get so calm. That all that prana, all that energy that would normally be feeding your mind is now free to feel your feed your body. Mm. And just all of the amazing benefits that are happening when that's going on. Exactly. It's all about repair and and rejuvenate and you know. Exactly. And you know, and that this is the funny thing, you know, in our Western culture, we always think, well, you know, if I want to get something done, I have to do it. 
But if, if you really think about it, you know, a lot of the growth and regeneration of the body doesn't happen when we're doing. Right. It happens when we're not doing. Mm-hmm. And the body needs that time. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, oh, well, I'll just sleep less and do more. But that's actually not serving the body in the long run. Mm-mm. Especially as, you know, for someone like me who's growing older, <laughs> um, I feel like it's almost like the fountain of youth. It is. Isn't it? It is. Because yeah. it, first of all, it gives you a comforting um, idea of what the afterlife might be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it mm-hmm. feels like this, then I'm fine with it. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. That, yeah. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have no fear when you're in that that deepest state of yoga nidra where you're still, I can't even really explain it the way that it feels. Um but it's comforting to know because it almost feels like it's otherworldly mm-hmm. and beyond this world. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. To know that that's, there's something like that out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there, it's here, it's somewhere. And if that's what it's like, then everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Which you said, like the near-death experience people were like, you know, it's the beautiful light and the beautiful feeling and... Exactly. And that everything is okay in that space. It's like that blissful feeling. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is the fountain of youth. I mean, Mm -hmm. even just scientifically, you know, in the deepest states of yoga nidra, your body is releasing growth hormones. It's taking cortisol out of your system, which is, of course, the big stress hormone that's doing all kinds of damage to the body if it's in there too long. Um, You know, it's a growth and regeneration of all your organs. This is even where your brain can regenerate itself in the deepest states of yoga nidra. Which I love that part Mm -hmm. because I did some damage to the brain in the 70s. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm practicing yoga nidra, I'll have these weird like memories pop up Mm -hmm. or sometimes they're not even memories. It's like eating broccoli. Like I think I'm eating broccoli. Like I... I'm kind of embarrassed stories. to say that, but I sometimes just like the weirdest yeah. images and it almost feels like turbulence on the way to the otherworldly place. Mm-hmm. Like my brain is on a plane, we're going to the otherworldly place and just along the way there are these little like strange, what is that? that you actually described it really well. So yoga nidra works at different levels. And one of the places that it works with is we call it in yoga, the mental body, but just think of it as your mind. And it's clearing out the debris in the mind, Mm. basically. So everything, we are taking in so much stimulation, so many impressions during the day. And all that stuff gets cleared out in yoga nidra on the way to that stillness. So you exactly nailed it. And you can see random images, you know, things that aren't necessarily painful, just where did that come from? Mm-hmm. But yes. it's just, you know what I'm talking Geometric. about? Geometric. Yeah, also. Mm-hmm. But you can see all kinds of stuff that's just things that were in your psyche that are being cleared out so that when you come out of the nidra, do you notice how you feel more concentrated? You're mm-hmm. more focused. All of a sudden, your attention is there. Mm-hmm. That poor mind is getting so overstimulated. It's exhausted. Mm, yeah. And so this is a chance to get a really good clean out and, and rebuild your mental fire. Mm. You know, and I mean, that can't help but make you smarter. And if you started yeah. doing it when you were seven, I'm just saying, I'm sure, and I know that you're a very well-educated woman, and you went to Smith and you have a PhD. And I, you know, I mean, I just, I wonder if there's a correlation there. And, you know, MC does a lot of um, yoga with children in school and they haven't measured like testing scores or anything like that yet. Um, but but they even the parent teacher some... conferences on Monday night, they were like, you make such a difference in this room, mm. you know, and kept over and over. Thank you so much. The kids are using the techniques. And we do yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every single week, but and I but do. You're doing tapping. You're doing we EFT. T- yep, we do tapping. And we do lots of pranayama. We satanama. I mean, we're do we're practicing yoga with them. I'm not like we're in a pink bubble floating <laughs> away, which is great too, you know. But well, and you think about like learning. So you have a book or whatever, and you're learning, but using something like yoga nidra and yoga in combination with that, I would think your brain would be 
I mean, in overdrive, happy, like this is like the perfect combination to, to be very healthy brain, which then leads to knowledge and wisdom and caring and all of the wonderful things that humans are supposed to be. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and just on the science side, just to back you up there, yoga nidra and meditation both increase gamma brainwave activity. So this is the brain. So when you're in the waking state, you're in beta brainwave state, but there's a subset of that called gamma. And if you've got too much brain activity when you're awake, that goes to anxiety. And we all know what that is. And then not enough is like the dullness in the brain. Like you can't think, Mm -hmm. but think of gamma as the sweet spot. And that's when like you're awake, but it's like the flashes of brilliance, the creativity, the optimal learning. Yoga Nidra actually increases that. When you come out, you're actually more clear, more brilliant, more creative. And it's been shown that kids who have learning disabilities have less of it, have less gamma brainwave activity, mm. and Yoga Nidra increases it. Wow. Let's also talk about Alzheimer's and gamma brainwaves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you, have you heard about this? Yes, but you go. No, you go. <laughs> well, I don't remember the whole thing, but what I remember was that it, by inducing a gamma brainwave state, it reduced the plaque in yes. the brain, but it was like 50% or something mm-hmm. crazy like crazy. that. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It actually, it, it prevented and um, reversed the damage of plaque and Alzheimer's when the participants got into the gamma brainwave. And the weird thing is, is they did it both, they did it through light. They took these LED lights at MIT and they made the light flash so quickly that to us, it just looked like a normal light, but it was actually flashing so quickly that it brought your brain into the gamma state. And so Yoga Nidra does that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Mm. Wow. So cool. So how do you feel that Yoga Nidra could best serve like our world today? And if you had a magic wand and you could say, and you do, it's your spine, I know. But if you could <laughs> say, okay, I am the queen of the world. Goddess. Like, yeah, what What do you think? What would you do? Well, maybe it's just because I'm really practical. I'm going to go back to that whole overstimulated thing. I think that, especially in the Western world, we have got, I mean, emails alone, texts. Mess- I mean, we've got so much stuff coming at us. Mm-hmm. That um, I think in order to survive, to some degree, we shut down. Mm-hmm. We go into almost like a sleepwalking state just because we've got so much going on. And so I often notice, I, you know, I don't see it everywhere, but, you know, you can feel how people just shut down and go through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, you look somebody in the eyes and you're like, oh, my God, you're alive, too. Yeah. yeah. You know? But I think it's not coming out of any bad thing. It's just that we've got so much going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if by giving people a way to discharge all that stimulation, come back into their selves, Mm -hmm. themselves rather, to feel that, that, oh, this is me again, that would enable them to connect with each other truly, to connect with their lives, to be more creative, to be happier. Because let's face it, I mean, if you're exhausted... How can you be inspired? Mm -mm. And if you're exhausted, you're not going to want to do things that are beneficial for you or that make you feel good. Like, can Yoga Nidra give you better sex life? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Y-E-S. I swear, so many... Well, um, anytime you're more in touch with your true self, everything else is going to get better, you know? And so many women that I coach, you know, talk about how... Well, I would, I just, I need to get the floor cleaned rather than go have sex, or I need to do this rather than that. And I don't, I think they're using that to-do list as like a shield or defense mechanism because they don't want to become vulnerable mm-hmm. and just relax with their partner. Mm-hmm. And I think Yoga Nidra has given me the tools in many different ways. I have a fantastic sex life, by I the way. I just want to say that right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> to be vulnerable, especially with my emotions and be vulnerable to step away from the to-do list and just be. Well, and I just think the practice of like what Kamini was talking about, how you teach your body to go down in the different stages, you know, you can apply that to so many different moments in your life, including when you're, you know, experiencing a sexual 
relationship with someone Mm -hmm. where you just, your brain can just get real present real fast with with the practice. Um, And other things like when you're sitting in the car and someone road rages you, you know, you're just like, I don't need to. I don't need to react to that. I need to engage. Because I, I practice yoga nidra and I know how to get to that spot. When I go into fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to switch that brain wave or mm-hmm. brain thought to where I know I need to be. So can you talk a little bit about the intention part of yoga nidra and why and how that's so powerful? Yeah. So yoga nidra is a style of meditation. As we know, it's done lying down. But one of the things that does make it unique is this use of intention. And most of us know intentions. We know affirmations. But in the waking state, it has its limitations. And here's why. Because usually what we do in the waking state is we say to ourselves, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, or whatever it is. But underneath, there are very deep-seated underlying core beliefs that will undo what you say to yourself in the waking state. Mm. So, you know, while you're awake, you might say, I'm going to, you know, I love myself, but there's another part that's saying, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. And so what's different in Yoga Nidra is actually we're going to the subtlest state of being uh, where these core patterns are held and we're shifting up at that place. This is called the the bliss body. It's the subtlest level of being, again, where where the, these seeds of these core beliefs are held. And it's at that place where we place the intention. And in this place, because it's the most powerful, that becomes the place that starts to affect the way that we perceive and think and act in the world, rather than kind of working lower down the food chain, mm-hmm. you know, which is what we tr- try to do with a conscious mind. And working at that very, very subtle level of being, when there's no conflicting voices, it can just be received at every level of your being. Mm. I love that. I know. Well, it changes the way that your brain actually thinks, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. It's like, I mean, you know, I know nothing really about the brain except from, you know, yoga manuals. But for me, it's like you're in that deepest state of pure awareness and you're hearing these messages, your brain is 100% receptive. There's no ego or things coming in at the sides trying to get it off, you know, the rack or the trail. And so it's imprinted. That's it. That's it. Remember we started with frequency? Mm-hmm. It's it's a pre-verbal uh, impression or vibration that is placed mm-hmm. at the subtlest level of your being. And you said it beautifully for not knowing the brain, you said it perfectly, oh, actually. God, thanks. Because what's happening is in, in yoga nidra, different from hypnosis, because people might be thinking, well, yeah. what about hypnosis? In in hypnosis, actually, the left part of your brain is, is quieted down so that you can get access to your right brain. In mm. yoga nidra, it's the whole brain, like you just said, that's functioning. Mm-hmm. The whole brain is operating simultaneously and symmetrically, both halves of the brain. And so your whole brain is listening and hearing and imprinting the intention that you're placing with no conflicting voices. Yeah, where where is that ego? Where is that? Like, if you think about the levels of, you know, you say you go down these different levels. Where's the ego level? Is that the very first level or is that a little bit more towards the third and the fourth um, before you get to this this state of awareness, this state of nothingness? I'm going to go with more towards the third of the yeah. fourth, right? Yeah. It's down deep in yeah. there and it's got a good survival mechanism in mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like the ego survives by what it has identified with, whether it's what I do or who I am or, you know, my past or, and in in the process of yoga nidra, as we start moving to that place where we let go of the personality, mm-hmm. you know, we can feel the ego kind of trying to hold on because mm-hmm. that's how it's defined itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put it at that subtler level right before we completely let go. So then in that space, that's where the the guide will mm-hmm. set the the intentions um, based on the preference of the person or the class or whatever you're working on. Exactly. Yeah. So, so each it could person, be anything. It could, yes. You could work with a teacher specifically on something that's some trauma that's happened to you or some intention that you want in your life. Um, and that's where the, those words go. Exactly. Anything that you want to create or that you want to release or have a different uh, viewpoint on, 
we can, you can use it for teenagers for sports or mm-hmm. you know better, working with test anxiety. You can use it for anything. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, and you asked a really interesting question. You know, if you could do anything with it right now, what mm-hmm. would you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, what would you do with the practice, knowing you know what we know and and seeing how it changes people? How can you know? Tell me what you'd like. One fifteen p.m. Everywhere, every school, every business, oh. every How about government office, 108, it's mandatory yoga ninja time. Yeah. Like you know, when and, you were in kindergarten and you used to take naps. Yeah, exactly. And I think it will, uh, one, it would 100% absolutely change our world as we know it. Um, for me, the reason and the mission that yoga is everywhere today is to make human beings more compassionate. I think because of that ego identification and the need to control how we are identified, we use fear tactics, right, to protect our identities. And so to be able over and over to connect with that place, especially as kids, I think that, like Mm -hmm. we said, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can start as children and, and I think a lot of those things, like you mentioned, you kind of stepped away from it for a while in high school-ish, but then in your early 20s came back to it. That's okay. I think a lot, you know, our high school adolescent years are meant for us to kind of move Say, away. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do what my parents did. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> then we remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, I'll have parents say to me like, well, they, they weren't into it. And I said, don't worry about that. Yeah. They've gotten it. The seed has been planted. And when they need it, they'll know it's there. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. That's what I would do. What would you do? Well, you know where I would go. Where? I mean, I would go to the, the leaders in our country who mm-hmm. are mostly men, by mm-hmm. the way, I mean, if you could do anything with it, that's what I would do, especially yeah. our government. I would love to be able to get in front of those people, mm-hmm. you know, more than once, of course, and teach them how to get reconnected mm-hmm. to source, because I think they're just spinning off in the galaxy yeah. so far away from it. Mm-hmm. And and just having those people in leadership positions um be more in tune with that Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, the ego, which I feel like they're all, you know, embracing. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it's just like when we're stressed, the the lowest part of our, when we're stressed, the lowest part of ourselves tends to run the show. Mm. And, you know, whether you're a politician or just a regular person, that's going to be the case. So I think you're right on. Yeah, I I would, I mean, but there are some leaders that, you feel like you look at them or you used to look at them mm-hmm. <laughs> and go, you know, that guy must meditate or something. He's pretty chill right yeah. now and it's a stressful time. So I just think like where we are today, it's just yes. so different than where we were, you know. I'm with you. Five no, years I, ago. Well, and that's that's the mark of a true leader, right? That they're not just leading, You know that who they are also speaks to leadership, mm-hmm. that they can remain calm, that they can be clear thinking mm-hmm. and show us all how to do it. And compassionate. Yeah. So knowing that, one other thing I was I wanted to talk about today was kind of in line with all of that. Isn't it it's so interesting, especially for you and your voice, that the yoga practice was developed by men, for men, <laughs> practiced by men. And now it's predominantly women who mm. are practicing yoga. So, you know, I'm always thinking of the movement, you know, like, Sean Korn's doing such great work with Off the Mat and uh, Marianne Williamson and so many great women leaders are evolving out of this world, um, which used to be predominantly male. So what I was just wondering kind of what you, your thoughts were about that, because your dad and even reading your book, I I felt picking up, you know, this this was a man's world, um, mm-hmm. but not not anymore. No, and I, I feel especially at this particular time in our culture, we have something really important to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with that awareness of the inner world and compassion and how much 
um, who we are from the inside out really matters in our world today. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm not going to say this across the board, but many women get that more. Yeah. You know, well, I think there's more and more research about the differences. Yeah. Um, like, I, I hate to even bring this up, but someone said the other day, you know, there's never been a mass shooting that a woman has ever performed, ever. Yeah. Um, so well, I think it was Yogi Bhajan who said, like, the world will be led or, you know, saved by Western women, hmm. you know, and I think that it's very evident that, you know, we have a grown up in privilege here in the United States. And so we can have a place to use that strength and to use that. And yoga helps us identify with the sustainable truth of the nature rather than identifying with something outside of ourselves. And I noticed, you know, over the years, we've had the yoga studio for almost 10 years now. And so many times I get asked, well, like, how do you get more men in? Or, you know, it's, it's all women. And like maybe a month or two ago, I was like, yeah, it is. And I really don't care that we don't have half men and half, like, I'm so over this, like, we need to make it feel okay for men to come to yoga. Like, men have been able to do whatever they want forever. And you know what? If they have to feel a little uncomfortable going into a yoga studio, it's not going to kill them. But there's lots of men practicing now. They're rebounding back in. Yeah. And then you have, like, our friend Anton doing, like, these really cool tribal men yoga things. And mm-hmm. so thank you, Anton, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I guess my point is, I, I think that the more people that practice yoga, and it doesn't have to be necessarily a spiritual thing. I think a lot of people are still afraid of that. Um, just to get something where you get back to knowing who you are, and your true purpose, and your, your real raw emotions, just the raw ones like love. You know, Mm -hmm. like people like think about loving your neighbor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really loving, like loving. And I think that that's, you know, needs, we need to really embrace that. And I think we do in yoga. I really do. So, oh, thank goodness for yoga. You guys, we're so lucky, aren't we? We're blessed. I want to know how your app came about. Yeah, Was that just like a stroke of genius that you had one day? (laughs) The one that I listen to every single day. This morning. Healing shift. Okay, so Comedy has an app. Uh, you can get it on Apple, iTunes, and it has three different sessions on it. And they're timed, which is cool. So if you have like 20 minutes or one's like 36 and, you know, you can just pop these on anywhere. The other one's 29. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Somebody's been practicing. <laughs> I So well, tell me where yeah. you were, like what what inspired you to do that? Honestly, it was my students. Really? They were like, why don't you have an app? You should have an app. And then they stayed on me because I'm really not, you know, I've got, we know, we've got so much stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, finally. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just people telling me I had to mm-hmm. do it. So I'm like, all right, I hear and obey. Mm-hmm. I hear and obey. <laughs> I love that. It's so good, you guys. You really need to download it. Mm-hmm. And, and where do you see that? Do you see that evolving? Like, adding more features to it, adding more of your trainings, or do you like that it's, I mean, it's perfect right now. There's no way you could improve it, but where do you, what's your vision? Well, there will be, there'll always be three basic ones on there. And then we'll probably have some extra ones that people can purchase. Mm -hmm. That'll be around specific things like emotional integration Mm -hmm. or a little bit more about trauma or Mm -hmm. those kinds of things or sleep. Mm -hmm. I have one that's that I've just made called preparing for sleep. Great. Just helps you fall right into sleep. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll have some other ones on there as well. Awesome. And there's, there's some on iTunes. Yes. 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 Like the divine mother and, and some of those other ones too, that you can listen to and then your dad has some too absolutely and those are oh really gosh, I have one that you sent me that yeah. was your dad and does I mean maybe he plays a harmonium in the middle and we like hum in the middle of it it is just there's like a bumblebee one yeah that's the one mm-hmm. it's so good I love the bumblebee all right guys okay well that's it anything else goddesses 
I mean, I could talk all day, but you know what? I'm so excited that I get to sit and be your student for four days. Yeah. Tonight at Lotus House of Yoga, we're so excited. Kamini is going to be actually leading us in a yoga nidra session. And we just kind of put it out there the other day and it's completely full. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe we'll try and record it and then um, we can send it to those people that didn't make it to the class. Mm -hmm. And then certification happens this weekend. So so excited. Thank you so much for doing this Kamini, and coming coming to our home. My pleasure. It's like hanging out in the living room and having a chat. I Yay. know it is. It's Girl Lotus friends. House. Okay, guys. <laughs> well, um, Kamini, tell us how we can get a hold of you and any trainings that you have coming up. You can find me on my own website, KaminiDesai.com. That's K-A-M-I-N-I-D-E-S-A-I or amrit, A-M-R-I-T, yoga.org. Um, and I'll just do a shout out. I'm going to be doing a yoga ninja training in India mm. coming up uh, February 7th to March 7th. It's going to be 10 mm. days in Rishikesh. The girls are looking at each other. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> um, how can we make this And happen? 10 days at Malav Ashram. So you can mm-hmm. come and do Ashram Lifestyle for two weeks, or you can come and actually do a yoga ninja training for yourself or to learn how to lead other people. So go on the website, www.amaryyoga.org, and um, have a look. Wow. That's amazing. When is registration open for that? Like Registration right is open, and actually wow. the early bird is good until the end of October. That's October 31st coming up. I've never done that, but I've kind of always wanted to. Amazing. can't think of anyone more fun to go with. Yep. Right? That would be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm getting super excited about that. We'll have to see. Our retreat is February 22nd through the 27th. So can you go to portions of you it? You can. Oh, you can. Yeah, just okay. come to the second half. Okay. Yeah. The second half starts when? Uh, f- uh, the first half is the fe- February 7th. So you could do that part. February okay. 7th to the 17th. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, good. And sweet. Fly to India and then fly to Mexico and yeah. then go back to Arizona. Done. All Done. right. Okay, guys. Well, that's all. Anything that's else, it. MC? One love. One love. All right, guys, we love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to rate this podcast so we can stay very high vibe and the vibe in us honors the vibe in you. Let's keep it high. Love you. Namaste. 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 Are you feeling a loss in your life? Are inspirational quotes still not working? Do you feel like you are replaying the same day over and over again? When was the last time you actually spent time with your true self? Do you want a program that will put you on a path towards empowering you to make a real change? A change in career or relationship or your health? Then you need to join the movement of personal coaching by participating in high vibrational life coaching. You will tap into the same qualities we practice on our yoga mat, like clarity, awareness, and living in the moment. Partner with Mary Claire Sweet, myself and Sweet, or any of our professional life coaches for this powerful series that will empower you to achieve real change. Just contact us at info at lotushouseofyoga.com.